0: Amen. As we're in the season of of prayer, and and, and I know some of you are fasting, uh, my focus is on prayer and, you know, the what and the why and the how about prayer. And uh, if you haven't grabbed one already, there's a devotional there for the next 40 days, the 40 days of Lent leading up to uh, Good Friday and Easter, if you haven't already grabbed them. Uh, And we also, I think uh, she started to put them online as well, uh, the devotionals for the day. So, uh, when we think about prayer, so many things come to mind and come to mind and, you know, the why do we pray? I mean, is my prayer really effective? I mean, what's the point of praying? I mean, the, the number of questions, the number of things that come to our mind, is prayer just a waste of time? I mean, it's just, you're just, silly if you pray. And as we prepare our hearts in the season and time of prayer, I want to share and remind us especially of one aspect of prayer this morning. But here as a starting point, I want to say this. If we are going to pray, we need to believe that prayer works. That's just the starting point. We know this, but we really need to know this, that if we are going to pray, we better believe that God answers and he's in the business of answering prayers. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we know this already. He's not going to give us everything we want. We know that already, correct? But he does. He does. He has and he will and will always answer the cries of his people. Because honestly, church, if we don't believe in prayer, or let me put it this way, if we don't believe in the effectiveness of prayer, we will never pray wholeheartedly. We'll just throw it around like a cliche, you know? Uh, God bless this, bless that, and that's it. Walk away. Oh, how are you doing today, God? I'm doing fine. You keep me good, you know, and walk, do our own thing. We're just wasting our time if we don't believe that prayers are indeed effective. If we don't believe prayer changes things, and let me say this, I said this before. If we don't believe that prayer changes things, we're wasting our time. Prayer works, church. Don't ever quit on praying. Yes, it's a struggle. Yes, sometimes words may fail you. You may not know what to really pray about. That's a good time to just open the Bible. There are tons of prayers in the Bible. You just pray a prayer one in there. Read God's word and pray. Prayer works, church. So don't stop praying. And here's the thing. And like I said, there are many, many reasons we should pray. I mean, Jesus himself prayed. So, I mean, I don't think there's... We want to follow his example. And if he prayed, we need to pray. I mean, really, it doesn't get better than that in terms of an example, and and I'm not going to get into the why did Jesus have to pray, but in his humanity, he prayed. In his humanity, he prayed. Yes, he was perfect. He was man, 100% man. He was 100% God, yet he prayed, and he prayed regularly, not just once in a while, Prayer was part of his life and his lifestyle and his ministry. Prayer was very much part of that. And that's why, like I said, if we are to be like Christ, like Christ, we need to pray. We need to develop a habit of prayer. And one person who was going through a really hard time in his life, and we've been uh, calling each other and, you know, FaceTiming, and we've been praying together, and he was just really just... Just being battered from all, all sides, if I can put it that way. Just battered, really, from all sides. And so we prayed together every week. He'd call me and we'd spend time in prayer. And, you know, he was just, he, he finally told me after a little while, I just, you just need to pray that I can sleep, right? Because he just lost that sense of, and he was talking about peace and, you know, just that inner peace, that rest. And, and honestly, is yes, that comes from God and God alone. He gives us the ability to rest. That inner peace, and as we were talking, we talked about uh, the verse in in Philippians about peace. Where Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7, it says, don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What's the number one reason we fail to sleep? Most of the time, because our minds are just going and going and going and going we are either stressing out about something or worrying about something or anxious about something, right? And so we're talking about it. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then verse 7, the promise, and the peace of God. You can stay awake. The whole night wondering what's going to happen tomorrow, how that bill is going to be met, how that need is going to be met, how that situation is going to change. You can spend the whole night awake thinking about that. You know what I'm talking about. But it says, don't be anxious. We come to God with our prayers and our petition as with thanksgiving and present our requests to God and the peace of God which transcends Transcends, it's just above everything else, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. It goes beyond just our human understanding, church. Will guard or protect our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It's just amazing. And I was thinking about, you know, I've been thinking about this inner peace and the peace of God and everything else because I knew I was preaching on prayer and focusing on prayer. And this passage came to my mind and we had just talked about it last week with my, with my friend. And I really felt the Holy Spirit just kind of prompt me because I don't think I really got this part. I've glanced over it. And I felt the Spirit prompt me in saying, you know, that it's this, many people don't realize that prayer itself is an answer. Think about what I'm saying right there. We always pray Talk about prayers being answered. But do we realize that the act of prayer itself is an answer, a part of the answer? Now think about this a little more. Because it really got me. You probably have known this already, but... Because look at that verse, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the question. When does the peace of God fill our hearts and our minds? Does it say when only our prayers are answered or does it say when we pray? That's part of the answer. That is. And that's just, I think that's, I don't know how, it just hit me this time. When we pray, we have that peace that comes into our hearts. When we pray. When we come before Him, when we bring our requests, our prayers, our petitions, and we come, our thanksgiving, and bring it before God. When we come before God, that's when the peace of God fills our hearts and our minds. And it hit me, and I wrote this down, I, I, I take notes all the time. The act of prayer itself is a reward. The act of prayer itself is a reward when you come to God, when I come to God and pray. Even before that prayer is answered, His peace fills our hearts. And then it hit me, why don't people pray? If just prayer itself has that effect on me, why don't I just pray? Why don't we pray more? cause the peace again please you need to get this it's not dependent on the answer the answer is great but it's just the presence that makes the difference we know the saying prayer is where burdens change shoulders right prayers is where prayer is where burdens change shoulders it goes from my shoulders onto god's shoulders or you can just say my shoulders at the cross at his feet That itself, just that act of prayer, when we come to God, humbling ourselves and bring it and lay it at his feet, that itself begins the work that he intended to begin. So take everything to God in prayer. Because what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. And then it says this, Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Right. I'm not preaching from this song, but it says exactly what this verse is talking about. We lose our peace. We forfeit peace. We carry this needless pain. Why? Because we don't go to God in prayer. We're not even talking about the answer. That's when our joy is totally overwhelmed. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything, everything to God in prayer. And then it goes on. Happy trials and temptations. Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And I love this one. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Just take it to the Lord in prayer. Again, are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered with the load of care? Precious Savior, Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do your friends despise, forsake you? Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield you. You will find a solace there. Take it to the Lord in prayer. That's where it starts. You want to experience the peace of God in your life. You want to experience the peace of God in the midst of all the storms you are going through. Don't wait till the storms die down. Take it to God in prayer. And start beginning to experience the peace that passes, defies human understanding. Take it to God in prayer. Church, this morning I want to encourage you and remind you. About why we have such confidence to take it to the Lord in prayer. Why do we have such confidence coming to God in prayer? Because I always say that I mean, we need to remind ourselves and always remember who we are praying to. Who we are praying to, and I just, the object of our prayer. Who is the person we are directing our prayer to? Whose presence are we coming into? When we come to God in prayer. Again, this is nothing new or mind-blowing. But it's the truth that we all need to know who our God is when we come and pray. Because life happens. Things happen. Things will always happen. When we least want them to happen, when we least expect them to, things happen. I mean, it's and life sometimes is a struggle. It's, it is a, it's a daily struggle at times. You know, you feel like you, you we can't deny that. Yes, we're dragging ourselves sometimes. But the truth is this, that's when we really come to Him. That's when we need to really come before Him, bring it to Him, take it to Him in prayer. And again, we know we know this already. In those situations, we have the choice to either worry or pray. Okay, the choice is ours. We can either get so sick and and depressed and everything else and get anxious and stressed out about the situation or we can pray. Yeah. Now, don't do both. I was just laughing at myself. Some people pray and they still worry. The problem is you, when you pray, you got to just let go of it. Amen. Leave it before God. Yeah. And again, for me, it works. When I pray more, I worry less. That's just, it works for me. I promise you, it'll work for you. Remember who we're praying to. And so let's turn once again to the familiar passage that we call the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew chapter 6 verses 9 uh, through 13. Matthew 6 verses 9 through 13. I'm reading from from the NIV. Matthew 6 says, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Then, of course, I think Luke acts the doxology, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The focus of our prayer church right now and focus this morning is on our Father in, ev- in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Hallelujah. I think the new century, it says, may your name always be kept Holy. That was interesting. I haven't read the, I've read the New Century Version a few times, I mean, sometimes as I study, but I, I really like that. Our Father in heaven, may your name always be kept holy. Amen. The two aspects I want to focus on is, yes, our Father, but also our Father who's holy other. Amen. Holy other. He's someone who is holy, set apart. Amen. There's no one, there's nothing that he even comes close to him. That's who we pray to. I want to focus on why we have this confidence when we approach God in prayer. Remind us about why we can come with confidence to our heavenly Father and to someone whose name is hallowed. Again, please remember, it's it's. For us, it's not that radical an idea because we've grown up with the idea of talking to God, of approaching God as Father. You know, we've, we've said the Lord's Prayer several times if we've grown up in the church. But you got to remember, Jesus' time, that was as radical a statement as he could make. That's why they got upset with him, you know. You got, you're calling God Father? But that's exactly what he was teaching his disciples to do. Several times he talks and he prays. When he prays, he says, Father, he addresses God as Father. He made an impersonal out there God, someone who we could relate to as a father. Yes, and that's why we pray with confidence. We come to a father. And as a father, we know this already, it's, it's coming to someone. When we pray, we're praying to someone, not Something. It's someone who can talk, someone who can hear, someone who relates with us. Remember that part. We're not just praying to something. We come to Him and say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Again, I've said this before and you've probably heard this before. You don't have to come to God, especially as Jesus teaches it here with all the big accolades, you know, supreme leader, creator of the heavenly host and everything. I mean, yes, it's okay to pray with that. But when it really matters, you come to Him as Father. That's what makes the difference for our prayer lives. That's why we can come to Him with boldness, with confidence. We're not trying to be irre- uh, irreverent or we're try- not trying to disrespect God or anything of that sort. We come to him sincerely as a child comes to a father and say, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Again, we come with confidence, church, as his children, as his sons, and as his daughters. We come with confidence. And again, I always like to uh, point out and caution, word of caution, especially with some of these Preachers that you can find sometimes, you know, they mistake boldness and confidence with demanding God do things for them. You know, it's not, that's not the way it works at all. We don't command or or demand God do things for us. We don't do that. We pray with confidence, but just because we are his children doesn't mean God has to do whatever we want him to do. Please. As an earthly father, I don't do everything my kids want from me give them everything they want. So please don't, I was actually uh, a couple of of months back, I came across this video about this person and he was commanding the angels to like water his field or something of that sort. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) It was just, it was one. And I tried to look for that video. I couldn't find it, but I was kind of like, whoa, I think it was something about the angels, commanding angels to plant his field. I don't know what it, it was something I'd never come across before, but Yes, angels are there for us to help us out, but I don't think the idea is to command them to plant your field or water your garden. I don't know. Just saying. I don't find that in the Bible. It was different. Sorry. Don't mistake. Let me put it this way. Don't mistake the authority that God gives you as authority to get God to do whatever you want him to do. It's not that at all. It's not that at all. And let me say this one thing. The authority that is given to us, that is talked about in Scripture, while it does benefit us as well, it's primarily or directly related to God being glorified. That's the authority. The authority is given to us as believers solely for God's glory, though it does benefit us as well the authority we're giving us is for God's glory it's more like the trickle down effect you know it's like one of the side effects of God getting glory is that we get blessed too that's the authority he has given us it's not just just for us or do whatever we want to do anyway that's a loaded topic and take hours or days to discuss that part but why do we come to God with confidence the reason I come to God with confidence is because he loves and cares for me He loves and cares for me. God loves me more than I will ever know. God loves me more than I can ever realize. God loves me more than I can ever understand. I don't think I have the capacity as a human to understand the depth of God's love for me. Because it doesn't make sense at times. Actually, many times it doesn't make sense. But He loves me. And He cares about me. And that is the truth. And that is why... I can come to him in confidence. Church, God is love. God's compassion is one of his most outstanding attributes. He's always called in the Old Testament gracious and compassionate. That was the catchphrase for the relationship with God. Gracious and compassionate. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who honor him. God has compassion on us. He cares about us. He loves us. And I think uh, the number one thing that the devil always does is try and make us doubt God's care and love for us. All the time, that's number one. That's his thing. His deception is God, does God really care? In the Garden of Eden, does God really care? He doesn't want, it. I mean, he, you know, this great fruit here. If he really cared, he'll allow you to eat from that tree, right? Does God really care? This is number one trick from time, you know. He makes us doubt God's care, makes us doubt God's compassion, makes us doubt God's love for us. But we know this, that nothing we do can ever separate us from God's love. We come with confidence to God because He loves us. He cares about us. He cares about everything about us. Don't let the enemy talk you into, you. okay, if God really loves me, I mean, this is his trick. If God really loves you, if God really cares, why is this happening to you? It never gets old. He does this every time. Why is this happening to you? Was, my mind always goes to the disciples on the, on, the, on the Sea of Galilee. You know, they're in the boat and, you know, Jesus is sleeping in the boat. And the storms and all come up, and you got it has to be a pretty severe storm because these guys are fishermen, most of them are fishermen, right? They know how to deal with storms. It's not the first storm they've seen, but something about the storm was so bad that it freaked them out enough. But Jesus is sleeping there, correct? And they always freak out, like, "Hey, Jesus, what don't you care?" I mean, they are hanging out with Jesus for such a long time; they knew him better than any of us, probably. Yet. In their mind, when trouble comes, what do they say? Don't you care? Of course, Jesus gets up and he should have smacked them too. Wake up! I'm not the one sleeping. You got Jesus in the boat, he's fine. That's the truth. With God on your side, you will be fine. You can come to Him with confidence no matter how strong, how dangerous that storm is, how bad that situation. is. You can come to Him in confidence because He does care for you. He cares for us. He cares for you. He cares for me. Doesn't matter how big the storm is. If God is with you, you will make it. You've heard it before, but hear it again and remind yourself again and again and again. When the devil says, does God care? You need to say, hey, God is with me. I'm going to make it. Because God cares. God cares. And I've, I've been, I mean, I've been a pastor a while, but I've said that God, don't you know what's happening? He knows what's happening. He's got you. He's got me. He loves you enough, and He cares for every area of your life. He's interested in every area of your life. Cast your burdens onto Jesus. Cast all your anxieties, right, onto Him. For He cares for you. He cares for you. I remember one pastor challenging me with this and I've probably quoted it before, I, I remember this all the time. Many of us think the situation is what, weighing, what is weighing us down. That's true, but I think most of the time it is us who are holding on to things that are pulling us down. Yes, the situations are a burden, situations around us do weigh us down, but most often it is us holding on to things that are dragging us down. When all we got to do is take it to the Lord and leave it there. Leave it at His feet. Cast your burdens. It's not the idea. Always think about fishing. No, it's not about fishing. It's about flushing. Fishing has a line that you can reel it in. When you flush something, it's gone forever. You ain't going to go. I mean, if you're desperate enough, you go digging for it again. that's what we got to do with our problems. That's what we got to do with our situations. Not that they disappear, but we take it and we give the responsibility of that situation. Yes, God, I will do my part, but I trust in you, God. You know how to take care of me because you love me. You created me. You knew everything about me before even one moment of my life came to pass. If he loves you so intimately and knows you so well, why won't he take care of you? All we got to do is come to Him with confidence because He cares for us. He cares about the job you're in. He cares about the bills that need to be paid. He cares about the family and the situation that you're going through. He cares about every area of your life. Come to Him with confidence because God cares for you. You come with boldness because He cares. The second reason... We can come to God with confidence in prayer. is because God will never disappoint you. God will never disappoint you. God will never let you down. He will never, ever let you down. He will never, ever, ever let you down. He can be counted on. What He says, He will do. When He promises it, He will fulfill it. He will never let you down because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father who does not change like shifting shadows. He doesn't change, church. He's the same. He's the same yesterday. He's the same today. He's the same forever. If He did it in the past, He will do it now and He will keep doing it. He is the same. He will never disappoint you. He does not change. He's not fickle. He's not unpredictable. He's not, and I had a father who was, and I say it, silent or violent. That was the only two reasons. There's no in between for him at all. And it took a little while for me to adjust to God as a father. But the truth is, God is not like that. He's not a moody God that you catch him on a wrong day. No, you come to him in prayer. It doesn't matter. He will not disappoint you. He will not let you down. Come to Him just the way you are, and He will not let you down. That's why we have confidence, church. I mean, we, I mean, again, as an earthly father, yeah, I struggle. But God will not when it comes to taking care of His kids, disappointing His kids. He will not disappoint you church. Thank God we have a father in heaven who will never ever ever change. He is consistent in who he is and what he does. He is consistent in his love for us. He is consistent in his care for us. He is dependable. He says what he says he will do church. He will never go back on his word. He will not make an excuse. I know I've made I don't know how many excuses for not doing something because something happened and I couldn't do what I promised the kids I would do. It's terrible. But thank God he's not like that. He will not fail you, church. He will not. He will never fail you. Get that. That's why we pray with confidence. That's why we pray with confidence because we know God will never let us down, God will never let us down because that's the kind of father he is church. That's the kind of father he is. Earthly fathers like I said will disappoint but our heavenly father will never disappoint us. We have got to make the choice to trust him that way. We've got to make the choice to trust him that way. He's dependable. He's reliable. He will always, always care for us. He will never disappoint us. I come with confidence because he loves me. I come with confidence because he cares for me. I come with confidence because he will never let me down. And I come with confidence because God, my father, is always there for me. He's always, always, always there for me. He's never too busy. It's never, never, never too busy. He's not really, I mean, somehow uh, we we think about God, you know, sitting on some distant galaxy somewhere on vacation or something. Sometimes we, we think of God like that. He's not sitting on a cloud somewhere and the angels aren't just playing the harp to put him to bed or something. No. He's always there for us. He is always, always there for us. Just let that sink into your hearts that God is there for you. He's always there for you. It blows my mind away. I said, I mean, one of the things, it's just that, I mean, there's seven whatever billion people, whatever the population is right now. But he's there for me. The one. He's there for you personally. He's there. He's not like pick a number and wait in line. No, he's there. You just come and he's there. He leans in. I love this. I don't know. I was as I was preparing, I thought about the image that came to my mind is talk about people. I've been to counsel, I've counseled with people, you know, and I've seen sometimes the people just sit back and they're in the chair, you know, and you're talking, you're talking. But no, if you think about God just leaning in, ready to listen, and he's there for you. You know, we've had people who were there but not really there. You know what I'm talking about? But God is not like that. He's there for you. That's the kind of father he is. He is there for his children. He's waiting for us to come in. He's ready. He's waiting for us to come. He is there for for me. It just, like I said, it blows my mind away. He's never too busy for me. Never too busy for me. I don't have to leave a message on his, well, I guess voicemail. And wait for him to reply. No, he picks up the phone every time. He doesn't screen his calls. You know what I'm talking about. He doesn't. He's there for me. I can approach him anytime of any day. And he answers me. He's there for us, church. And and the truth is, he's not not just there. He's eager. He delights in meeting our needs when we come to him. He delights in meeting with us. He delights. He longs, in fact, to meet with us. All we got to do is, it doesn't matter how many times you bring the same thing before him. God, I need help. You know, it's me again. It doesn't matter to him. He's always, always there and ever-present help, the Bible says. He had ever-present help in times of need. He's always, always, always there for us. As much as I delight in, in you know, meeting the needs of my, king, of my kids, we know God delights in meeting the needs of his children. That's the kind of father he is. That's the kind of father he is. He goes on, Matthew, in that same sermon on the mount, Jesus says, if you, you know, as earthly fathers, you know how to give good goods to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give, give give good gifts to those who ask him? If we can do it, he can do it way better in a perfect way, church. He cares for us. He's always there for us. He will never, ever abandon us. He will never, ever abandon us. And I, I just challenge someone with it this week because I truly believe this. When a person is truly saved, he can never really walk away from God. God's not just going to learn. I say this all the time. God is not just going to kick you to the side of the road just because you make a mistake. That's not the God we worship. That's not love. That's all conditional. If you do right, then you're good, you know? Yes, We got to do right. We seek to obey him and everything else. But God is not just going to kick us or abandon us. I don't think he's going to do that. Again, I'm not jumping to the one save, always save. I'm not jumping to that at all. But please don't think that God is going to dump you every time you make a mistake. He's not going to do that. Yes, because you can mess up again and again and again. But he will never abandon you. He will never abandon you. We all have the choice to follow him or walk away from him. But God is not going to abandon you. I mean, we looked at the prodigal son a few days ago. He walked away. He turned his back on his father. But did his father abandon him? No, he was still there waiting for him. That's the love of God for us, church. That's the love that he has for us. God will never ever abandon us. He is there for us. When we fall down, he picks us up. When we are weak, he strengthens us. He is there for us. He's always there for us. When I hurt because of what people have done to me or or when I've hurt because of my own foolishness, he's still there. To take care of us. He's still there to take care of me. When I am down. When I am broken. He knows how to put me back together. He knows. All I got to do church. Is come back to him. No matter how bad it gets. He is always. Always there. And be honest with God. Please. I mean. I was reading through. Jonah. And maybe we'll talk about it. Because I've been reading through passages on prayer. Throughout different people's prayer. And Jonah's prayer. He's in the belly of the whale. Why? Did God put him there? Yeah, in a sense. But who was the main problem there? It was Jonah's problem. And when he cried out to God in the belly of the whale, God met with him there. Even if the situation is created by you and you are at the lowest of the lowest, he will meet with you when you turn to him. Because that's exactly what Jonah did in Jonah 2. I turned to God and God was there. God met with him. God never abandons his children. We need to make the choice to listen and come to him. I'm struggling right now. God, I know the situation I've made. I've messed up. He's there. He is there for you. I mean, that's the kind of relationship. Just think about it. That's the kind of relationship he longs for us to have with him where we come to him and says, Dad, I just need this. It's not being, I'm not being sacrilegious or anything, but that's exactly what Jesus was trying to say. You come to Him, our Heavenly Father. Uh, You know, it's always this, we don't have to pretend to have it all together to come to Him. I don't have to pretend to do all the right things before I come to Him. I just come to Him, Abba, Father, and He's there for me. He is there for me, God longs for you to have that kind of relationship with you. God longs for you to have that relationship as a child, as a son, as a daughter, has with a Father. That's what He wants. That's what He desires. That's what He longs for. Come to Him and say, Father, our Abba Father. Our confidence in prayer is because He loves us. Our confidence in prayer is because He cares for us. Our confidence, we come with confidence because He will not disappoint us. Our confidence is because He is always, always there for us when we call on Him. He is there. And lastly, our confidence is is because He is able and capable of answering my prayer. He's not just there to listen to us. He's there to answer those prayers as well. He's able and capable. Our heavenly father, hallowed be your name. It's the whole idea that he is far above anything, any situation, any anyone, any problem in your life. He's far above everything else. He is sovereign. He is almighty. He is God who is in control of every situation. That's why I come with confidence. Because he's able. He is able to change things. He's able to meet those needs. He's able to change me when I can't change me. He's able because he is in total, total control. He's sovereign. That's the whole idea of hallowed be your name is gives us that idea that he is way above. He is sovereign, church. That's the best word. I don't know how else to explain it. He's sovereign above everything else. And he's in total, total control of our lives. Total control of our lives. Your world may be spinning out of control, but it is never out of God's control. It's never out of God's control. He can handle any problem you bring to Him. And He's not surprised by the problems you bring to Him. He can handle every problem because nothing is beyond His ability. Because He is sovereign. He is able He is El Shaddai, the God Almighty, all sufficient one. God Almighty. You know, sometimes I feel bad for people, but I also realize I can't help them and it only makes me feel worse. You know what I'm saying? Thank God, God is, yes, He empathizes with us, but He's also able to help. That's amazing. He's able to do something. He's able and capable and wants to. My father has got me. My heavenly father has got me. Our heavenly father has got us because everything is under his control. We know the verse, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. It means what? He can do it all. Amen. He can do it all, I may have limited resources, but my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's got it all. He's got all the resources I will ever, ever need. He's got the wisdom. He's got the ability to just pour out a blessing on my life too. My heavenly Father is able He is able, that verse we studied it when we went through Ephesians, God is able to do far more than we could ever, you know, dare to ask or even dream of. Greater than our greatest expectation, if you can put it that. He's able to do that. He's able to take care of it. Doesn't matter how big the problem is today, he can take care of it. And tomorrow's problem may be even bigger than today's problem. It doesn't matter. He's still got it. Because he cares for us. He loves us. He's there for us. And he's able and capable because he is God Almighty. Guess what, church? Remind yourself who's in your corner. You gotta remind yourself who's in your corner. One plus God is always a majority. Don't doubt. Don't doubt, church. Your heavenly Father has got this. No matter how big it is, come to him. No matter how deep the problem is, come to Him. No matter how far away you feel from Him, come to Him. Yes, amen. That's our God. He can handle the toughest problems, church. He can handle the toughest struggles. Even when you feel like you can't go on, He will pick you up and finish what He starts in your life. Yes, Just one more thought I want to leave with us. This morning, everyone was created by God. So in that sense, they're all children of God, but not everybody has a relationship with God as their father. There's a difference there. God wants a relationship with his children, but not everybody comes to him and says, Abba, Father. There is no other way to have this relationship except through Christ when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He also says, if you knew me, you know my Father too. There's only one way to know the Father, church. There's only one way to know the Father. It's through His Son, Jesus Christ. It's through His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the only way. We have confidence the only, I guess the biggest reason we have confidence to approach God as Father is because of who we are, because of our faith in Christ Jesus. It's because of our faith in Christ Jesus. And please remember this you don't have to work to, God, to get God's attention, you don't have to strive or earn His approval. You have it already there's only one condition and he says this in John 15, remain in me. That's it. Remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He says that and in verse 7, he says what? If you remain in me and follow my teachings, you can ask. We're talking about prayer. When you remain in me and follow my teaching, you can ask anything you want and it will be given to you. Remain in me. That's the key. Remain in Him. Again, resist the urge to earn God's approval, to work your way back into His good graces like that prodigal son wanted to. It's never going to happen. There's one condition. Come to Him and remain in Him. Remain in Him. Come with confidence. But please, again, the confidence is not in how good you are. The confidence is because what Christ has done and because we are in Him, we can come to the Father. He is a good, good Father. He is our Heavenly Father. When we pray, we come with confidence because He is our Heavenly Father who loves us, who cares about everything every detail of your lives he is always there for us he will never leave us never forsake us he delights in meeting our needs and he is more than able he's capable of taking care of us bow your heads with me this morning hallelujah thank you jesus Thank you, Lord. There is a Father who knows you intimately. He's not a Father who created you and then abandoned you. He's not that at all. He knows everything about you. He loves you. His love for you, the the verse is unconditional. And you don't have to earn his approval. You don't have to prove yourself to get his attention. He's a father who loves us. A father who is perfect in all his ways. A father who loves us with an everlasting love. Who cares for us enough that he sent his son to die on that cross for us. If he cared about our biggest problem, everything else, why won't he care about that? It's a father who doesn't abandon us based on our performance. It's a father whose arms are open wide that when we call on him, he is there. It blows my mind away when the Bible says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. He watched our first breath. He sees every tear that we have cried. Every pain that we have gone through, He knows about. He empathizes with us. Church, He knows everything about us, so we don't pretend. He knows the good, the bad, and the ugly. We don't have to pretend when we come to Him, we come to Him just the way we are through Christ. And we say, Dad, Father, I need you now. Church, if that's the kind of relationship we long for, let us all stand to our feet and Come to our Heavenly Father this morning. Because we pray, when we pray, church, we're not praying to something that's just man made. We're not praying to just like something that humans have formed and put together out of wood or stone or gold or whatever. We come to a person, a Father. Who cares and loves us deeply. Compassionate. Gracious. Even as we worship, I just want you to just turn your eyes to God and come to Him. Our Heavenly Father.